0: Have you ever thought, I wish that I could have my own YouTube channel or open an Etsy store, make a podcast, record an album, maybe even start a business? I wish I could do that. Well, I've been there. I wish for things too. But unfortunately, wishing alone does not make dreams come true. In fact, the definition of a wish is to hope for something that's not easily attainable to want something that cannot or probably will not even happen. I don't know about you, but I don't want my dreams to not happen. I want my dreams to come true. Whether your dream is YouTube, Etsy, any kind of art or business, the best way to make it happen is not by wishing, but by simply doing. This very podcast is living proof up until March 2021. This thing didn't even exist, but... Now you're here and you're tuning in. And on this episode, I'd love to give you some insight and inspiration on how I started this podcast, how I make each episode. I'll share some of my statistics and my best advice for aspiring creators or anyone that just wants a peek behind the curtain. It's coming up. Welcome to the Royish Good Looks Podcast, episode number 10. We've made it to double digits here. I had a bunch of ideas of what the 10th episode should be about. 10 seems like a special number, so it should be a special episode. Originally, I thought it would be the first episode to feature a guest host and sort of have an interview style episode that would shake things up a little bit. Then I thought, Maybe I'll do a massive Q&A episode. Then I had five other ideas, and then I got overwhelmed and put off doing the whole thing until the last minute. I finally came to the conclusion, let's just celebrate making it to 10 stinking episodes, period. So I've got a bit of everything for you today, a few interesting statistics and analytics for the podcast, My thoughts on how the show has been going so far. We'll do a few Q and A's too. And of course, there's gonna be advice and hopefully some inspiration for anyone that needs it kind of sprinkled throughout. As always, if you'd like to support the show, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash RoyishGoodLooks. You'll get all sorts of cool perks And since this is a special episode, anyone who signs up for the bonus tracks tier by the end of May, I'll send you all of the bonus tracks so far, Dark Side, Light Side, The Force Is With Me, Galaxy Far, Far Away, and you'll be ready for new tracks next month as well. If you're already a patron, thank you, and check your inbox for those songs, I'll hook you up too. I'm feeling like Oprah today, you get a song and you get a song. So sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash RoyishGoodLooks. And with that out of the way, thank you for joining me today. And let's get in to the show. So I came across this blog post by pacificcontent.com. It's called podcast success, a long game and I'll link it in the description if you want to check it out. They've analyzed over 670,000 podcasts, and they've found a lot of interesting statistics about their longevity. 12% of those podcasts had published just one single episode. 6% didn't make it past two episodes, and half of all of those podcasts had 14 or fewer episodes. What they concluded was, The most successful podcast shows had one thing in common, and that was a large catalog of episodes, not just 10 episodes, not even just 14 episodes. The top 100 most played shows had a median episode count of over 200, and they cite shows like Joe Rogan and his massive library of thousands of episodes and keeping it up for years upon years. Now, this blog is actually from November 2018, so it's a little bit dated, but I'm confident that those stats probably hold true today, and they're probably similar for YouTube or Twitch channels or even TikTok or any other platforms. You can't expect success after one episode or two episodes. Success is a long game. And to follow that up, I'll link another blog in the description by Amplify Media called How Many of the 540,000 Podcasts Have Pod Faded? And this article has even more daunting statistics. They outline this concept of pod fade. And this is when a podcast starts putting out episodes more and more sporadically with longer and longer periods of time in between each upload. It's kind of like the slow Painful death of a podcast as it just fades away. So that's why they call it Pod Fade. And they say that 75% of those 540,000 podcasts don't even produce new episodes at all. And this article is from around that same time in 2018. So again, kind of dated, but these stats, they don't really surprise me. Creating content on a weekly basis is really tricky, coming up with new ideas. Producing the thing, posting it, sharing it every week. And on top of that, doing a consistent and high quality job, it's a lot of work. And even if you're not a content creator yourself, you know, it's hard just to keep up with, well, everything really keeping up with a diet or exercising, studying for a class, mowing the lawn. These are all things that require a routine and a long term commitment or they just fall off the rails. So here we are with the Royish Good Looks podcast, and we're at episode 10. And if I'm being honest, yeah, it is a lot of work, even though it probably doesn't seem like it. It's just a podcast, right? How hard could it be? Well, it's not terribly hard to make the podcast. The routine is the tricky thing about it. Before I launched this show, I actually had three episodes pre-recorded. I had the intro and the first two official episodes recorded before I even announced the podcast. And this is apparently what you're quote unquote supposed to do with a podcast is record a bunch of episodes ahead of time and then trickle them out one by one. So that's what I did. And it felt really good for those first few weeks. I had that buffer Just in case something came up and I couldn't record a new episode. My worst fear was saying, Hey, everyone, come listen to my new podcast. And then a week later, give up on it and become one of those statistics, a show that just goes nowhere and pod fades. And a week or two ago, I fell off my planned recording schedule. I didn't have as much time or energy to stay on top of it. Things just come up and I wasn't feeling as motivated, and it happens, right? It wasn't the worst thing ever, though, since I had that two-episode buffer, so I was still one episode ahead of schedule. But of course, guess what happened? Another week or so later, I lost that buffer, too, and I haven't missed a week since. I've still been posting every single week. But now it's kind of turned into crunch time every episode. It certainly feels... A little bit more stressful, like, oh man, I got a cram for the test tomorrow, sort of feeling. I'm hoping that I can get back in the zone soon and record a handful of episodes, maybe back to back or do sort of like a two part episode, something to get me ahead of the schedule again, even though, you know, maybe I could skip a week, but I've already missed two. So it's obviously a slippery slope. I know a lot of creators go through this. You try to put yourself on a schedule. I'm going to post every week and keep going and going. So if you find yourself in that position, I totally understand. And I definitely think you have to give yourself some room to breathe. If you do need to take a week off, you know what's more important? Your mental and physical health, or you know maybe it's your day job or family commitments. But at least having some sort of a plan of how you're going to get back on schedule and try to maintain it is clearly one of the keys to having a successful podcast or YouTube channel, or like I said, even just diet or exercising. So don't worry, you're not the only one. I am just keeping afloat here on the Royish Good Looks Podcast too. So many of you know me as a musician, but I have to say that this podcast is a lot easier to produce than a whole song. That's partly why I'm doing it. I needed a sort of easy way to add routine and structure within the whole Royish Good Looks universe. I've always wanted to have sort of a podcast show or a vlog, a kind of behind-the-scenes tour of Royish Good Looks. I want to make this a sustainable long-term career having this weekly thing to do is going to help with that. There's a cliche that if you want to turn your hobby into a career, then you have to treat it like a job. So you show up to your job every day at 9 a.m. and you clock out at 5 p.m. Maybe every day doesn't quite look like that if you're a YouTuber or a creator or an artist. But whatever it is you're making, I know it might seem like, a thing to do for fun, like a hobby, and you probably don't want to put too much pressure on it and stress out about it. But if you use me as an example, I release music literally whenever I feel like it, when it's convenient for me, and it sort of works, but it's not a great business strategy. Ideally, I'd release a new song every week if I could, But like I said, that's much more difficult to sustain. So by making this podcast a weekly thing, it's sort of structuring Royish Good Looks to be more like a job. It doesn't always feel like work. It's still fun to come up with these episode ideas, record them and put them out and get to have that conversation with everyone that's listening. Of course, I love that. But yeah, at times I... Have to force myself to come to work. Even though every now and then I want to call in sick or play hooky, since I'm the CEO and I'm all of the employees, there's nobody else that can cover for me. So someone's got to do some work around here. And unfortunately, that someone is me. So let's talk about that. How do I even make this podcast? Why would it be hard? I thought Roy was naturally gifted and recorded everything live in one perfect take. Unfortunately, that's not the case. One of my favorite podcasts, The Graham Cochran Show, he teaches people how to run small businesses. I don't know how he does it, but he usually records his episodes in one take with no edits. And that's just not my style, not one bit, if you've listened to the show, I think you have an idea for my perfectionism or just my knack for liking to produce and be creative with what I'm making. So I don't just hit record and the episode magically spews out of me. My episodes start with an outline, basically just bullet points of the main ideas that I want to cover. I've never been good off the cuff or Giving speeches off the top of my head. So, I actually take a lot of time to simply figure out what the heck I'm even going to say on every episode. I try to break it up into a few parts an introduction and a setup, the meat and potatoes of the story, and then have some sort of conclusion or a final thought. The whole process is sort of like demoing a song. I start with that rough skeleton and then just Start filling in the blanks. And usually, as I'm outlining, more and more ideas or stories will pop into my head. It'll kind of jog my memory. And then the outline starts shaping up to be more like a script. Every show turns out sort of like an entry in a diary. So I think it works best when everything is sort of a fluid train of thought. Like, here's everything I think about, XYZ topic, bing, bang, boom. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like anything, though, it'll go through a draft or two before I even start recording. When I'm finally happy with the outline, that's when I'll go into the studio and start recording the voiceover, exactly what you're hearing right now. And since it's basically a script, I try to trust everything that I already came up with and basically read through it. But I also try to keep a sort of conversational tone and still leave room for spontaneity and some improv. Usually as I'm recording, I might remember new details or I might want to rework the way I want to say something. I want everything to flow as naturally as possible so it sounds sort of like a cohesive story. There's definitely a difference between outlining the show on paper and then sitting down to actually perform it and record it. It's a lot like when you record a song and then you try to play it live and you realize, well, maybe this isn't working so well and I got to switch this up or cut out this part or, like I said, just kind of retool things. Then after I've recorded the whole episode, I go back and edit the episode. This is really my favorite part. I love editing stuff, especially audio, obviously. And this is where the show goes from being like, Legos strewn all about the room to a cohesive piece of content. You know, sometimes I do a second take of a line, so I've got to go back and get rid of that and kind of put the pieces back together to make a normal, listenable show. It's not just one perfect take. I spend a lot of time getting rid of the excessive empty space, trying to get all the different takes to flow together, removing any kind of odd noises or coughing, sneezing, or whatever, and just making sure that the overall tone and the formatting is super clean. It's really important for me that you can just put the show on and not be distracted by anything. Of course, I'm a little bit obsessive over it, but that's just my style. And I think that helps put my own personal stamp on the show. Of course, I perform it a certain way, I edit it a certain way, and I mix it a certain way. And hopefully, that all comes across in the final show. I really can't stand when podcasts don't spend the time to clean up the shows, even just a little bit. Although, if it's a good interview or a conversation, then that's obviously less of an issue. But I can usually tell if a podcast is 100% live or if they've cleaned it up a little bit. And I think it goes a long way. And since this isn't a live broadcast and there's no video element, it's kind of like my favor to you to get rid of all the rough edges and make it as good of a show as I can. So once the edit is done, then I mix it down and I usually do sort of a proofread listen through. I make sure there's no gross errors, or bad edits, or anything I might want to cut out. I haven't really been trying to hit a certain time or certain length with the episodes, but they seem to be falling somewhere between like 20 to 30 minutes, and I think that's a good length for now. I really want to try to get to the point, be sort of specific with what the show's about, and not ramble too much Of course, that's why I have the bullet points and some of the scripting to help keep me on track. But I imagine as I start to bring guests on the show and have more of a live format conversation, then those episodes probably will be longer, you know, 45 minutes to an hour or so. That makes sense for a conversation that's just kind of hopping around and free form. Even if you do have some talking points or some questions, you know, you're not going to script a whole conversation with a guest. So once I listen back and the episode sounds like it's good to go, then I upload it to my podcast host, which is Podbean. They charge like a 100 bucks a year, but they take care of all of the hosting for you. They publish the show everywhere automatically to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Stitcher, and all of those places. All I have to do is come up with a decent description for that episode, a few one liner hooks about what you're going to hear on the episode, and then I'll add timestamps for all the main topics. So if someone does want to jump around, they can do that. Now, the podcast is audio only, but I still host it to YouTube. So I also make a sort of pseudo video version for the podcast. It's just a still image background, but as a video, and then make a thumbnail that hopefully looks clickable. You really have to make a decent title and thumbnail whenever you're posting something to YouTube. Don't just leave your podcast as like, Royish Good Looks, episode 10. You have to make it as catchy and as fun as you can. I know thumbnails can get kind of wild, and sometimes they do just look outrageous, but if the title doesn't sound good and the thumbnail doesn't look good, no one's going to click on it. So I spend a decent amount of time on that. Then I also post the episode to my Patreon, and I usually write a new blurb to try and make it a little bit more personal for all my patrons. And all of those platforms, Podbeam, YouTube, and Patreon, you can schedule them to automatically post at the same time, which is awesome. and then all you have to do is play the waiting game. Now we play the waiting game. No, the waiting game sucks. Let's play Hungry Hungry Hippos. Before the day it comes out, I'll post teasers for the episode, usually whatever thumbnail I came up with, with a fun little blurb on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook to try and let people know that, hey, this is coming out, make sure to check back. And then when it's finally out, I'll make a bunch more posts to try and promote it a little bit, get people to tune into the show. So it's not rocket science to make the podcast. The hardest part really is just sticking to the darn schedule and making new episodes. I'm sure there's more I could do on the promotional side of things, trying to build more traction for the show. I do take a little bit of the, if you build it, they will come sort of approach. I'm lucky that I already have a little bit of an audience built up that I had listeners from day one. But, you know, if you're just starting your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, you don't want to assume that once you post your show, it's just going to take off out of nowhere. People still have to find the show somehow to listen to it. So you do have to sort of go fishing and hook people into your show. I don't have an easy fix for that but at least make sure that you're sharing your episodes in places where your listeners might be hanging out that could be Facebook groups or Reddit or if you're savvy enough you know finding good hashtags to share on Instagram or Twitter even TikTok and it has to be really clear what your show is about and why people should listen to it that title and thumbnail like i said is really important My show is a little bit of a grab bag. Most people are probably listening to it because they already like my music. But otherwise, it's a behind-the-scenes journey of how someone went from having a hobby to all of a sudden having millions of views on YouTube and how they're turning that into a career. So there's obviously a few different angles for my own show, but whatever you're making, try to figure out what is it about and how can I easily convey that to someone that might want to listen? And if nothing else, just share it in as many places that you can and just experiment. Don't just post in ghost. I'm not sure if that term is a thing, but I think that's a great slogan. You have to work at promoting your show or your channel, not just simply making the content for it. Don't post in ghost. Don't post in ghost. Make the most. How about that? So, now let's take a look at some of the stats and analytics for this show. You all know that I'm obsessed with this kind of stuff. Analytics are just so cool to me. Everything is sort of split between Podbean and YouTube since I host the podcast separately. So, through Podbean and all the different podcast apps, we have over 1,500 total downloads. And just on YouTube, we are about to hit 10,000 total views. So all in all, we're around 11,000 to 12,000 total plays for the show so far, which is pretty cool. Why I Write Star Wars Songs is the most popular episode to date on podcast apps and YouTube. That was the first episode of the show, so that makes sense. It's the oldest, and the hype was the biggest when that episode came out. Out of all the podcast apps, 30% of people listen on Spotify, 19% of people listen on Apple Podcasts, 6% on Chrome, 4% on Xbox. I, I didn't realize people listen to podcasts on Xbox, but I guess they do. And 4% on Amazon Music Podcasts, and everything sort of drops off after that. YouTube isn't included in that percentage again, but Based off the total stats, YouTube is roughly 10 times all of the podcast apps put together. So I don't know what total percentage that would be in comparison, but it's obviously a huge chunk of people. I also don't know if you yourself would associate podcasts with YouTube, but it seems like more people are going to find you there versus anywhere else. I always try to tell people that YouTube is a search engine and it's a recommendation machine. You can search on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but YouTube, they'll literally put your video in front of people that they think will like it. So for example, the Royish Good Looks podcast, all of those episodes on YouTube have been shown to 210,000 people. I'm not sure if Apple... Spotify are going to recommend your podcast with that same vigor. So you should definitely post your show to YouTube. As far as reviews for the show, we are up to 16 five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We have 974 likes and 303 comments added on YouTube. So thank you all for that engagement, all that rocket fuel. Like I mentioned last episode, I love hearing from everyone that's listening and getting a conversation going if we can. The comment section doesn't have to be a scary place. The top five countries tuning into the show are 58% United States, 12% the UK, 5% Canada, 5% Germany, Norway, Poland, Australia are all tied around 2 to 3%. And again, those percentages are all the podcast apps combined. But it's still pretty similar on YouTube, except for the United States is 30% instead of 58%. I would guess because YouTube has sort of a bigger, broader global reach than podcast platforms probably have. I would assume that maybe YouTube is in more countries than Spotify or more countries than whatever random podcast apps there are. This is another reason that you've just got to post your stuff everywhere. And speaking of YouTube channels, Royish Good Looks 2, the YouTube channel where I host the podcast, just passed 3,000 subscribers this week as well. There was a big push around May the 4th, so thank you to those 3,000 subscribers and all the newcomers this week. Welcome to the dark side. A few people have asked why I don't post the podcast to the main Royish Good Looks channel when you have... 140,000 subscribers, why wouldn't you post there if this other channel only has 3,000 subscribers? Well, I'm sure the stats would be significantly higher if we put the show on the main channel. But since it's such a different format than smash hit pop songs that I'm normally posting to that channel, I figured having this second channel, Royish Good Looks 2, is just a more appropriate place to experiment. And it can basically be the the behind-the-scenes podcast channel and keep that main channel sort of separate. I'm also just scared of offending that huge audience. I mean, 145,000 people, as we've talked about before in the show, are kind of hard to please, each and every one of them, at least. And there are the people that just want music. So I know I shouldn't really care, but... In a way, I think it's smart to keep them separate. I posted a two-minute video announcing the podcast to the main channel, and that was actually the first time I ever lost subscribers after posting a video. It wasn't a lot of people, but it obviously did catch some people off guard. And even though I said, I'm still going to be making more songs, I'm not stopping making songs, and the podcast will be on this different channel if you want to go subscribe there, it still led people to unsubscribe. So YouTube is a fickle beast, my friends. And now we'll never know if I just put the podcast on the main channel. I wonder what the difference would be. I wonder how many people I would have lost. You know, my thought is that main Royish Good Looks channel can be reserved for bigger productions and stuff I'm really proud of that I think is worthy of that 140,000 subscriber mark and maybe the occasional special announcement when I have something else to say. Royish Good Looks 2 is sort of the sandbox where I can experiment, and maybe I'll make regular YouTube videos on the main channel one day, and not just songs. Things like my How I Made Mr. Meeseeks remix video, I had a lot of fun making that, and the response to that was pretty good, so maybe I'll do more stuff like that, but Like I said, only if it's really awesome. Not that this podcast isn't awesome, but I think you get the idea. And then finally, the stats for Patreon. I've had a Patreon page for years, but I never really pushed it super hard. And the podcast has sort of reinvigorated it. Patrons can pledge anywhere from $1 to $10 a month to support the show and my music and it's grown to 56 patrons since starting the show. So thank you to those of you who are signed up. 15 of those pledges are two bucks or more a month, which is also amazing. I truly appreciate it. I hope you are enjoying the bonus tracks and the extra perks there. Hitting 50 was a huge achievement. I think the next obvious goal is 100 patrons. And if we get there, I think I'll set up a private live stream show for patrons only. I promise I'll get my chops up and I'll plan a really solid set list and we can have our own little Star Wars song party. I think that would be a lot of fun. So if you're not signed up for Patreon, now is the time and you can say that you were one of the first 100 people to do it. So I'm really happy with all of these stats. The average per episode is around a 1,000 plays, which, you know, just like a million views, it's sort of an arbitrary number, but I like that. It seems appropriate, and we're also on an upward trend overall, so that's awesome too. Of course, some episodes are doing better than others. It's funny how similar it is to making my Star Wars songs. There are just some that, Everyone seems to love, and others that are maybe more cult classics and not as much of a smash hit. So, for the podcast, the Why I Love Star Wars episode, posted on May the 4th, of course, that gets a thousand views. But my story of how I became a musician and learning different instruments and joining bands and so on, it's not quite as exciting of an episode, and it has around half of the views. So, I'm aware of what's working and what's not, and that's just the game that I have to play with this show. How can I tell my story, but also keep it engaging and entertaining, not just for the die-hard fans, but trying to attract new ones in the process? The main Royish Good Looks channel attracts new random people all the time. In fact, more random people watch those videos versus the people that are actually subscribed. So I don't know how to hack that for the podcast yet. That's just one of the challenges that I'm trying to figure out. In the end, it's probably just a matter of making more episodes and sticking to that schedule as best as I can. Last week, I was saying it's important to take time to stop and reflect. I know it's only been 10 episodes. It's not 100, but it's also not one. And most importantly, it's not zero. And I'm proud of that. We are on our way. We're not going to pod fade here on the Royish Good Looks podcast. Progress is progress, and we're going to keep going. All right, let's answer some questions from our patrons on Patreon. Eshow151 asks Would you ever consider putting out some type of physical media? The more songs you put out, the more I'm tempted to separate them into albums on my phone. If your songs were organized into albums, how would you organize them? This is such an awesome question. No, I don't have any plans to print CDs or vinyl records. I'll probably just keep putting out songs on YouTube and Spotify and iTunes. If you do want to actually download the songs, you can get them from my band camp, So Bandcamp is as close as I can get you to actually owning some of my songs. But this second part of your question, I just love it. How would I organize all my songs? On Spotify and YouTube, I've made a few different playlists for my songs. They're not albums per se, but it's kind of the same idea. The most popular one is, of course, Star Wars songs, the playlist, but I've also arranged a few playlists by theme or by genre. There's the force songs and acoustic songs, punk songs, ballad songs, all the slower, more lovey-dovey songs. There's one for all my original songs, one for all my parody songs, one for all the kind of meme songs and kind of jokey, more silly subject matter songs. And of course, my remixes and even my un-remixes, all the Roy versions of my remix songs. So they kind of already exist, and I suppose that's where I would start if I was going to actually release them as albums. Like, I have three Mandalorian songs, This Is The Way, Baby Yoda, and My Baby Grogu, so that could be the Mandalorian EP. A few years ago, I wanted to write a song for every single Star Wars movie and sort of package them together as an album. The song, track four, A New Hope, was obviously the first one in that series. A new hope, a new hope, a new hope. So if I ever return to that, we could have the original trilogy EP the prequel EP and the sequels EP. I love that kind of nomenclature. I think it's fun. I think it would work well for SEO and keyword search, but that was a really hard song to write to try and put the entire movie into one, you know, two or three minute pop song. I did try to make track five, The Empire Strikes Back. I've got like half of a demo for it, and it's all right. I think the chorus is pretty good, but I don't have the verses yet. And that's really the whole point of the song is to tell the story of the movie. So that's going to need a little bit more work. Maybe one day when he's too dangerous to be left alive came out. I started another song called Do It and I never finished it, but that could have been the Emperor Palpatine EP, the EP, EP. Oh man, that would be perfect. I've also thought it would be fun to do not necessarily a greatest hits, but a sort of revised version of some of my favorite songs. Maybe I'd remix and remaster a few of them since there's probably hundreds of things I would love to go George Lucas on and tweak and readjust if I could. And then I would call that album the special editions. So I guess the point is, this is a really fun idea. I absolutely love it. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I think this is more of a matter of time sort of thing. And like eshow 151 pointed out, there's like 40 or 50 songs in total, and it's only going up. So if you're listening, leave a comment. How would you want to arrange some of these Star Wars songs? If I put you in charge of releasing a Royish Good Looks album or albums... What would you call them and what songs would you put on them? And I guess what order would you put them in too? That's really the fun with an album is playing it kind of start to finish. And obviously none of my songs were planned that way. So leave that in the comments below if you're on YouTube. And if you're listening anywhere else, leave a review. We can round them all up and share them with each other. And I think this will be a lot of fun. So thanks for the question, Eshow151. And if you're listening and you'd like to ask me a question, and maybe have it answered here on the show, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com slash RoyishGoodLooks. All patrons get to ask questions every single month, and I answer every single one of them. Plus, there are all sorts of awesome perks you can get, like bonus songs every month. I'll check out your art, your music, your podcast, you name it, and give you my feedback. And you can even get your name listed as a producer on new podcast episodes and new videos. So if any of that sounds cool to you, sign up for my Patreon. Otherwise, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even TikTok, at Royish Good Looks. Join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. Whenever you're listening, share the podcast episodes in your feeds with your friends and tag me in the posts. I really appreciate the support. Thank you for listening and I will talk to you on the next episode. Take care.